Hi, everyone. Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode number 415. And this week, we are going to meet a woman who earns her income renovating and then flipping RVs. And she's going to tell you how you can do the same thing. Well, hello everybody, I'm Mike Wedlin, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer, and we have been doing a lot of traveling this week. That we have been. And it's kind of nice to sort of decompress and spend a few days in our Sticks and Bricks home in Michigan and kind of go, <sighs> except we can't. <laughs> we've got things we've got to do. Uh, Elkhart Open Houses this week. We hope to pay a visit to that. We uh, feel the Upper Peninsula of Michigan calling us. Mm -hmm. Fall colors are starting to uh, to show up there. We'd love to go up and spend a little bit of time there, as we usually do every year. And then, of course, uh, we're getting ready for our big trip to Tennessee, the gathering at the Buffalo River, where we're going to have uh, 100 or so people joining us in uh, many of them in RVs, camping out with us, and then others uh, stay in a hotel in Linden, Tennessee. And we've got just a, a, a great week planned for all of that. Now, the camping part is pretty much sold out. But if you, there are some hotel rooms available. And through our friends at the Commodore Hotel, you might be able to find a spot or two where you can park an RV as well. Uh, if you want information, we'll put it on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes for you uh, on our RV Lifestyle uh, travel blog. But if you go to rvlifestyle.com slash Buffalo River, you can learn about that event. That's October 17th through the 20th. But uh, it's, uh, it's coming up. We're going to have a lot of fun this week because we're going to uh, learn the backstory of the woman who we interviewed in our YouTube video this week, Courtney Armstrong, the flippin' nomad. Yeah, she has so much information to share with you about fixing up older RVs and selling them, or maybe just fixing up your own so that it makes it more your flavor, your taste. So Jennifer does an interview with her in which we learn about how this all came about for Courtney and at the end of the interview, she even gives a few hints about things that uh, you can do for your RV. And she's even developed a course in which you can, uh, that she'll walk you through the process of, of renovating an RV and flipping it. But uh, she's one of the, our favorite uh, characters. We met her uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, we've, we've uh, run into her several times around the country. So we thought we'd introduce you to her. You'll hear her backstory in the interview this week. We urge you to look at the video on our uh, YouTube channel, RV Lifestyle YouTube channel, where she shows us what she's done to renovate her RV, making it kind of the ultimate fifth wheel. We've never seen anything like hers. No, I don't think you ever will either. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So look at that video. But then the, the real fun thing for us is after we saw what she did with hers and learned about her skill, we asked you to come visit our fifth wheel and create for us a kind of a workspace where we could do some work in the RV. And uh, she did that and more, and that'll be on our next Saturday video, the one that's coming up after this podcast. So uh, listen to her podcast interview. I think you'll find her story interesting. That's coming up in uh, just a little bit. Well, we got lots of RV news this week. You want to start us off? Okay, that we do. Uh, this comes... Uh 
from Oregon this news. It seems that uh, we all know that campgrounds can get really crowded and it's really difficult to find a place to camp in some locations and it can be stressful to say the least. But we were really shocked to read a story out of Oregon about campground piracy and literal fistfights as people fought over limited camping spots. P campground piracy where they're they're basically stealing your sites. Yeah. yeah. What they do is because of the lack of enough campsites to accommodate everybody who wants to camp, uh, it's being blamed for this. Uh, that's called campsite pirates who literally take a reservation tag placed by the ranger, remove it, and put a fake one in their name in its place. And this, needless to say, creates a lot of confusion and uh, big messes at uh, Sunnyside County Park Campground this season and then another type of piracy that's going on is in Oregon is that it's first come campsites you've all been aware of those you get there first that's your first that's come, your spot first, first come serve. you yeah. get it well literal physical fist fights broke out over spots as people argued about who got there first and uh, rangers have also been attacked and apparently all these situations in Oregon have reached a boiling point. I don't know what they're going to do about that. Uh, there seems to be more campers than there are campsites. It's kind of a reflection of just how nasty our culture is today. You see it on social media. Everybody is just out for number one. And uh, in Oregon, it has been a mess. And I suspect this whole thing of campsite piracy has happened in other places. Oh, around I'm sure the country. it has. You know, I think that's a reason why a lot of people like we have done uh, are buying their own land and making their own RV retreats, so to speak. We've done it in, in Tennessee, John and I, and uh, that's where that gathering we talked about earlier is going to take mm -hmm. place. And I guess we can tell them that we have, at least we have an offer in now and some property in Michigan. We'll tell you the details once that's cemented in. But uh, that's been our solution, and we're still camping. We still oh, yeah. have places we go, but that way we always know where to go. But man, what a mess. I can see, you know, everybody gets out of work, or you get wherever you're going, and it's first come, first serve, and then I was here first. No, you know, I, I can see the confusion. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, so. Not pleasant. Not a good way to start a vacation. Well, everybody, as we're putting uh, this episode uh, to uh, to bed, uh, this is uh, this being released on uh, September 28th, 2022. All the talk is about Hurricane Ian, which is about ready to hit uh, Florida. Uh, the question is where? Uh, everybody's sort of scrambling. Uh, a lot of RVers, uh, they actually go down there at the end of September and spend all that time. September and October are usually great oh, months. Oh, beautiful months great for months Florida. Great months for Florida. Um, but uh, right now, as we uh, report this, as we record this podcast, it just became an, a, a hurricane, and they're predicting that it may be a Class 3 hurricane, maybe even higher as it comes hits landfall somewhere on the west side of Florida between Tampa and the Panhandle. Uh, and uh, right now, it's not entirely clear where that will be. We've had a couple of people uh, send us email and post on our Facebook group, uh, asking what do we do how do you prepare well follow what local officials say and that could be evacuation Just remember in high winds your rv is much more vulnerable than a house mm -hmm. or sticks and bricks building so if you can avoid it and you can 
hook up your RV, and if you're in that cone of, of danger, get out of there. It's not worth, you know, saying, oh, it's not going to hit. Move it. <laughs> you know, I think it's safe to say 99% of the time it doesn't hit, but that chance that it might hit, it isn't fair that people have to come rescue you and sort through all because you didn't yeah. want to move. Yeah. A lot of people move. You don't have to, but better to move than I mean, decide. you have an RV. It, it's, it's by definition able to be moved, so, right. so do that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, um, and now we've got another story with a happy ending. Yes, yeah, about time we had some good news. Yeah, it's <laughs> about a Utah family. They were celebrating the return of their dog, Toby. Toby's who, back! Yeah, he disappeared two months before that on a camping trip. And the poor 14-year-old dog had gotten lost while camping at Payson Canyon in uh, July. And the family did their best. They spent three weeks using... Uh, hound dogs and drones and trail cams and everything they could think of to try to find this dog. The family eventually went home brokenhearted, but uh, they got a lead from a lost dog Facebook group. I didn't know there was such yeah, a oh thing. Yeah. Oh, several, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So thank goodness that they're a lost dog Facebook group, and they found him. The dog was about one and a half miles from where he had wandered off, was 30 pounds lighter, and was thrilled to see his owners he must have been a big boy yeah to <laughs> lose good, 30 pounds toby's back like, you know it kind of happened to us once we did a camp out with a bunch of uh, folks uh, with the tv station i was working at mm -hmm. at the time and i don't know we had 20 people oh, 30 had, people maybe had, more i don't know was that one of the times we had like 45 people i don't know and we, we used, used to, to have take everybody trying to make our kids happy bring bring the whole village and <laughs> this was up on the rifle river one of our favorite spots in northern michigan and uh, one of our, uh, our our campers, Margie, uh, lost her dog. Dog wandered off. Just wandered off, and everybody waited. And on Sunday, you know, going back to the city to work, and uh, Margie was the last one there. It's still no sign of her dog, and there were a lot of coyotes in the area. Yes, a lot of coyotes. So um, everybody was worried about three or four days later, Margie went back up there, and there her dog was sitting right where we had been camped waiting yeah, for her. Yeah, so, I had taken the food yes and left and it out. left food there so i guess found his way back and ate the food luckily the coyotes didn't find I mean, coyotes. The coyotes probably wouldn't eat that food that <laughs> processed dog food they yeah. didn't want any part of it yeah but uh, i was considered brilliant for dumping the dog food out and happy ending they were reunited so there's one other story that i want to report and it's tough for me to uh, be unbiased about it, but I'll do my... Well, I'm not going to really try because I can't help it. But the uh, National Park Service is poised to once again require permits for anybody to film in national parks for anything that's considered, quote, commercial. Um, according to the United States Court of Appeals, the District of Columbia, commercial videography on public lands is not protected by the First Amendment. Now, this is not a definitive um, decision, but it looks like it's going to take effect. And what it almost certainly means is that even bloggers like us who record on little tiny cameras or even on an iPhone uh, in the very not-too-distant future, we're not going to be able to do that unless we go through this rather elaborate permitting uh, process with the National Park Service. Um, and even, even if you just making a video and you're sharing it on YouTube, 
Well, YouTube is a commercial platform. YouTube makes monies from the videos that are on there, and many bloggers, you know, run ads, profit a little bit from their videos. So uh, the government says, ah, that's a commercial project. You got to get a permit. So we thought that this issue was decided last year mm-hmm. when the court disallowed that practice on First Amendment grounds. But earlier this month, uh, the government appealed, and an appeals court reversed that said permits can be required. So it's still got to go through a couple more processes, but the writing is clearly on the wall. And uh, what does it mean? If you're a, a YouTuber like us, or if you just wonder why you're not going to see many National Park videos on YouTube anymore, um, here's what the National Press Photographers Association, which obviously opposes the permits, here's what they have to say. When the decision takes effect, quote, anyone engaged in commercial filming on National Park Service land would be required to obtain a permit regardless of whether it's from an iPhone or a massive production. Rules for still photography uh, won't change, and that is parks are not allowed to require a permit for still photography. So best we could go and take thousands of still pictures and then make them all blend into a movie. But uh, And I, I kind of like that. I, I love still <laughs> photography. But... Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think for us, we will not be doing any any videos in national parks going forward if a permit is required. And I, I think that that's going to be true of many other YouTubers and video bloggers. Uh, I think this is sad. It's very sad because you think about it. They can You can take a still picture. A lot of people take still pictures and they sell them. Yeah. There's men. Uh, oh, I better yeah. keep my mouth shut. They'll be after them next. Yeah, be, oh, they will be. Yeah. So we'll leave the still photographers alone. Short-sighted absolutely uh the the original permit you know when they talked about commercial was generally applied to big production companies you know where they came in with massive trucks and lights and you know uh five or six dollies and you know making movies things like that and i understand that that certainly you'd expect because they're the whole place is being disrupted the public can't go in but government being government, yeah, let's get more. They extended that now to everybody, even mom and pop, uh, grandpa and grandma videographers <laughs> who want to shoot a video and maybe using their iPod, iPhone. So um, just short-sighted, stupid, And, you know, sad. they can say, well, they're getting money for the national parks, but they're going to hire people. They're going to have all these people oh, it's regulating this. Like you say, it becomes a big bureaucracy, and the parks really... I don't think are going to benefit from this. If anything, they're going to be hurt a little bit because we won't be sharing all that there is to see. No. Everybody that no. does this sort of thing, of course, they're not in want of people, but uh, well, we we shouldn't be surprised because no. we're dealing with the government and the federal government in particular, and um, we shouldn't expect anything halfway into micromanaging from, other than just idiocracy. That's what they are. All right. See, I, I told you I couldn't hold myself in. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, renovating an RV and flipping an RV. So stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for us. Jennifer and I bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee, in an incredible collection of mountaintop properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. 
These are 5 to 62 acre properties. Build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or RV year-round starting at $79,900. Your property, your way, 100% ownership, and the scenery is breathtaking. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet, and it is so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, ready whenever you want. They're selling these on October 8th by appointment, 5 to 62 acres from $79,900. Great financing and big discounts available on multi-lot packages. For information, visit MyRVLand.com. That's MyRVLand.com. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back. And now it's time for the interview of the week with one of our favorite people, Courtney Armstrong. Courtney is known uh, far and wide as the flipping nomad. And again, we want to direct you back. We'll put a link in the show notes at rvlifestyle.com to the video we just released on our YouTube channel in which uh, we get a tour of the Montana fifth wheel, 37 foot, I think it is, that Courtney has, that um, she was she, she had Keystone RV and a bunch of other uh, sponsors who says, go ahead, just let your imagination, make it what you want. And so she did. It's the ultimate, one-of-a-kind uh, fifth wheel. And, and we had a tour of it. You can see that video on our YouTube channel. You should channel. watch it. It's fun. And at the end of that, we asked her, uh, we looked at the workspace that Courtney had made and we explained our problem in our fifth wheel, our 32-foot fifth wheel, and said, hey, would you come and tell us what we can do with that? And she did, and, and she even uh, did a few little tweaks uh, above and beyond what we asked that we were really happy with. And you'll see that in the next video we uh, we release on this on uh, uh, this following Saturday. But in the process of it, Jen sat down with Courtney and uh, got to learn more about uh, who she is and how she started this. And as you say, uh, as we begin the interview, Courtney has, uh, has a great backstory. So here's Jennifer's interview with Courtney Armstrong, the flippin' nomad. Courtney, you have a great backstory as to how you became the flipping nomad. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, you know, so most people when they get into RVing, they have kind of a story that's almost out of a movie. You know, they got fed up with life and sold everything and bought the RV and hit the road. And it's like some, you know, fairy tale. And and my story is actually very opposite of that. Um, It started right at eight years ago now. Uh, My dad had had a stroke and he had two businesses, um, but neither business was doing very well. Um, So I had to drop everything and take them over. And um, I was 
basically living hand to mouth, you know, do I, do I feed myself or do I feed my dog type situation. And it was, it was pretty dire. And, um, I found myself in desperate need of affordable housing and a family friend turned me on to living in an RV, just stationary. I was not traveling. Um, and so I moved into it basically as the only option that I could find and um at first i hated it and i was embarrassed about it and you know felt like it was my rock bottom and then um a year went by and i had kind of fallen in love with the lifestyle um and i was like you know maybe this isn't so bad and you know maybe i could get my feet underneath of me faster if i continued to live in this affordable lifestyle and so i said i would just really like an rv that feels like a bachelorette pad because i was 25 at the time well i searched high and low for something that felt as good as it felt to live tiny you know and nothing fit the bill and and so i thought well i could renovate one right like i don't know can you renovate an rv and um i did a quick google search and nothing came up but now i realize it's because nobody else was doing it at that time it's a little bit different story now and um so i you know got the courage up to renovate an rv for myself and then two years went by and got everything settled with the family and I said okay now it's my turn what am I going to do with life and I kept coming back to my buying experience and I wondered if maybe other people didn't like the interiors either and if maybe there was a business there and so I tried the business and then the business started taking off fueled by social media and then Keystone RV company took notice which was the shock of a lifetime um, they watched online for several months unbeknownst to me and then they reached out in March of 2019 and they were like hey they're like what you're doing is really cool and we would love to be involved with you um so they said what do you think if we pull a brand new montana off the line and give it to you and give you a budget and tell you to go build the craziest thing you can come up with and i was like done we're in. like <laughs> i didn't know any other details at that point and so that's what we're sitting in now is the brainchild of, of that so to go from like you know desperate for housing and nearly homeless to this it's just been like the craziest story and now you are helping other people. Yeah, I am. So we had um, a shop in Texas where we were doing renovations for people and it got to the point that we just could not keep up and we were just turning people away left and right. Um, and so we we're like, how could we get creative and, and help these people live out this lifestyle and this dream that they have in mind without actually building their building them their RVs for them. And so that's when the light bulb moment went off where we could just create a course, you know, where we infuse all of our years of knowledge into fellow nomads. And so that's what we did. Um, last year, we took four months to film the course and get it up and going. And um, it took a little bit longer than we were anticipating. So it's still a little bit in the beta version right now. It's about 80% of the way done. But that's what we're focusing on this year is uh, well in the next couple weeks getting the course fully finished and then we're going to be um, traveling the country and going to rv dealerships and shows and hosting in-person workshops and so actually teaching people like hands-on if they can get to us or if they can't get to us and want to do it on their own then we have the the courses that they can take now i'm hearing we're we are yeah we're so uh when i say we it's actually my mom and i um so she's a, a partner in the business and through the turmoil of you know how I got into RVing, you know, with the family breakdown, um, she ended up uh, getting a divorce through that too. So um, she's kind of finding her footing, you know, now in her 60s and um, kind of reinventing herself too. So it's there's a lot of emotional ties, you know, and um, depth, I guess you would say, that go along with RVing, and, and it's more than just kind of an interior design project for us. It's there's a lot that goes into it. 
Okay, so this course is available and we are going to link to it below. So what are the, some of the challenges that people have to deal with? Yeah, you know, it's a tricky line with renovating an RV, you know, because at the end of the day, people want them to feel like a house, but they're an RV and they have to function like an RV. And, you know, one of the, the biggest factor with RVing, especially renovating, is weight. You know, weight's kind of the name of the game with RVs. And so that's, that's things that we walk people through, like flooring, for example, is always kind of a hot topic because um, in the residential world, people would use planks, you know, you know, three feet by six inch mm -hmm. wide planks that kind of click together and, and that's the entire flooring of the house. Well, if you did that in an RV, planks are extremely heavy. So you're going to annihilate your carrying capacity like right off the bat just with that flooring. And then also the RV goes through temperature fluctuations and also vibrations on the road. And so with so many joints in the flooring, you run the risk of something happening. So. Um, that's why we choose to work with sheet vinyl, uh, which is what this flooring is, and that's also what all the manufacturers use. So it's a wash for flooring, but um, that's just one one example of the differences between residential renovating and RV renovating. Where what do you do with the furniture? Where can you find it? Do you help people? Yeah, so we have, um, I don't typically do any like one-on-one -on -one coaching with students, but we do, like we have infused everything into the course. If, if they are wanting to update furniture, what are their options? You know, they can either um, update or, you know, slip cover what they already have, or if they want to replace um, entirely, we actually just use residential furniture. And I will say that it is kind of tricky, to, especially sofas, to find sofas that can fit in an RV um, because most residential sofas are like 98 inches and a uh, standard in um, RVs is about 72 inches. So it is a little tricky to find pieces, but at least with furniture, we do use residential options for those. All right, so what I want to do is look at what you have done for, because you work out of this. I want to see what your office looks like. And then I'd like to see if you'd come over and look at our RV and see what's possible with mine so I can add it and work out on the road. Well, let's go look at my office. All right. I see it down there. So, I've been actually looking at that all the time you're talking to Jennifer. I'm saying, okay, I need something like this. So you have like a real desk. I do, yeah. This is just a desk that I bought online. Um, just to kind of get version one of this space done. Now I am going to be redoing it at some point, so I'll, I'll do um, version two, something that fits my configuration a little bit better. But yeah, standard desk, it is mounted into the wall, so I don't have to worry about packing it at all on a travel day. Um, and then for the chair on a travel day, all I do is just lay it flat on its back and it just slides under the desk and no problems there. And then I had enough room for a little storage console over here too. Let's go look at mine and maybe you can give me some ideas and uh, help me figure out where I can get it done. Let's do it. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Courtney and her mom just are working together, having fun, and uh, making the world a more beautiful place. You know, we didn't share this about Courtney. Courtney, before all this, she was a professional driver, truck driver, that hauled uh, RVs that you know, for RV dealers, she would drive them from place to place. So uh, I, I say that because with great envy, I, I watched her whip her truck in, hook up that fifth wheel and move it on out in like two and a half minutes. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you see me, I'm backing up, I'm adjusting. I Versus mean, she, two hours. <laughs> and and uh, she also, uh, at one of our gatherings we had in Elkhart this summer, did a driving school 
and uh, just helped so many people uh, learn how uh, to be more confident as they drive their RVs. But, uh, but where her passion uh, with her mom is, is in renovating RVs and flipping them. And uh, again, uh, we'll put that link to her course. And you can find out more about her at theflippinnomad.com. Uh, Courtney Armstrong, come back and watch the video on Saturday and you can see what she did with our Arcadia fifth wheel. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. All right, when we come back, question of the week and some very straight talk to kind of take away the stardust from one would-be RVer's eyes, so stay with us. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Time now for our questions of the week. And this question, we're going to do one of them this week. And um, it's from uh, uh, one of our followers named Joe. Okay, Joe says, uh, pick up my RV on Tuesday. I have no experience with them. So hoping to learn as much as possible. What led me and my wife to do this is actually felt called to go to Bible college. So we are in the process of selling everything and living in an RV full time as we move to Florida to get prepared for ministry. Thank you for this email. We do have two little dogs, so appreciate the immediacy for the information. Well... Joe, we got a couple of problems with what you say. Number one, you say you have had no experience with an RV. That makes it a little bit tough to sell everything you have and move into an RV full-time. I think I'd be a little weary of that if I'd never traveled in an RV to sell everything and move into it. I can tell you that in our 10 years of this and, and meeting many, many people and having many people talk about this, uh, very, very rarely do we see anybody jump into full-time RV living uh, with no experience in an RV uh, that it doesn't end poorly, uh, either in quitting or selling or uh, whatever. Now, I, I applaud you that you feel called to, to go to Bible college, and, and that's a great thing to do. But um, you need to get your feet on the ground. Uh, you're doing, I think, something very foolish in just quitting everything and jumping on uh, uh, a full-time RV life when you don't know what it involves. Uh, so don't sell your house and don't sell everything. You can sell some stuff. Uh, a couple things make me, that I have to assume, I don't know what kind of an RV you're getting, but I just am reading between the lines. I would guess that you're getting a used one or an old one. Um, do you realize how much an RV breaks, <laughs> how much maintenance costs, Joe? And you have to uh, have some property to put it on. 
I, I, so I don't know, do you have a place in Florida? Have you found a spot? Have you gone and looked, physically looked at it? Have you stayed on it for a week or two to see if this is really where you want to live? Uh, do you have kids? I don't know, but that certainly would, you know, cause another, uh, another problem. Does your wife have some income to help you with that? Um, so I'm, I'm not going to get into the fact that maybe God called you to this. He, you know, he certainly wouldn't have you go to Bible college without calling you to do that. But uh, what I do question is selling everything to go full time into the RV life without trying it out. And by trying it out, we, we mean don't spend uh, two weeks and say, oh, that was fun. You need to spend a few months to find out what's involved with it. Uh, so many people have been sold this dream of full-time RVing by irresponsible YouTubers who are out, you know, gallivanting around the country. Most of them end after just a couple of years. They don't stay very long because it, it's not what they thought and, and suddenly reality hits. Joe, that's going to happen to you unless you know exactly what you're getting into. And the way you do that is by living in an RV for a significant amount of time. RVs break. They're not really meant to be lived in full time. Although, you know, a, a quality RV, you can. You need to know some maintenance on that RV. You need to have a budget. When you drive an RV down the road, it's like subjecting it to a 6.0 earthquake. Um, that sounds too harsh, maybe a 4.0, but it wears and tears. So it's going to break. Things are going to go wrong with that. Um, you're going to need to repair it. And if, if you need major repairs, if this is an older RV and you need major repairs, where do you live while this thing is in the shop? These are all the issues that you need to work through. And in just the tone of your several sentences there, I don't think you've done that. Uh, I don't think he's I don't know what it. to say other than uh, you're taking a big leap. Yeah, and I wouldn't call it a leap of faith. Um, you need some wise counsel here, and uh, and you really need to, to think this through. Uh, by all means, uh, follow your dream. Follow what you think is your calling, but uh, do so in a responsible way, which means... Uh, Understanding a little bit what, what you're what you're going to do, the change and the challenges that come with RV living. It's hard to answer this without knowing their finances, how yeah. much money they have in the bank, and what they, how old they are, how long they've had to save money. Um, his wife, or perhaps he, Joe, will even work. Yeah. So you know, while he's attending college. So so uh, so maybe you have all the stuff lined up. Uh, I didn't see that in in between the lines. Uh, so. So this, good luck. Yeah, and share, Joe, what happens. We would love to hear what happens. I'm sure this will bring a lot of comments from other people as well, but uh, um, just let us know what you decide, how it's working out for you, and uh, and uh, we we hope that it's all a great decision. But give it a try for a while and, uh, and ease into it. It's also kind of a rough time to sell a house with the way interest rates are going and the way the economy is... Uh, is uh, you know being uh, attacked with inflation and um, you know it's tough to make big decisions like that when there's so much uncertainty out there. We wish you luck, and I know many people will have some comments on this, and uh, and I, I I hope I didn't uh, take the 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 gleam out of your eye about the RV living, but you do need to know those things we talked about. 
Hey, do you have a comment? Do you have a question? Something you'd like us to address on the podcast? All you have to do is send us uh, a note. Our email address is Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. And that's this episode, this week's episode. Thank you so much. Don't forget on Sunday on our YouTube, on Saturday on our YouTube channel, we'll have that new uh, uh, second part interview with Courtney Armstrong, where she'll show you some of the tweaks and redesign things she did with our fifth wheel. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails. <laughs>